Hello and welcome to the Empathy for Breakfast show. I am Mimi Nicklin and I am your host of a show that travels the world, talking to people from all corners of our planet about empathy, about our ability to connect and to understand each other and how that is changing our world. These conversations won't only unpack the amazing power of empathy in our societies and our businesses, but they will remind us that we are all far more alike than we are different. I believe that there has never been a better time to talk about empathy, to talk about our need to reconnect as people, as human beings. The more the world talks about empathy, the more empathy the world will have. So let's get talking. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Empathy for Breakfast show. Today, I am joined by Sharon Steed, who is an international keynote speaker, an author, and the founder of Communilog, a corporate empathy and communications consultancy. A lifelong stutterer, Sharon uses her speech impediment to both teach what empathy is and to inspire audiences to engage in empathy actions daily. And author and a course instructor for O'Reilly Media Inc., her ebook Empathy at Work is available in the O'Reilly Library. And Sharon's LinkedIn Learning Course which is where I discovered her, which is called Communicating with Empathy, has over 450,000 views. Sharon, welcome to the show. Hi, Mimi. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. You are so welcome. And as I said, I first found you on your LinkedIn learning course, but I didn't know you had 450,000 views. Yay for empathy, having 450,000 Oh, it's so exciting. Yeah, um, I filmed that course back in 2016. Um, and it was released in 2017. And so I'm kind of just, I'm just so impressed that the content there, you know, has continued to sort of stand the test of time. So that's really exciting. It's so exciting. And I'm so, you know, every time I have a guest on here that really specializes in empathy, like I do, it just makes my day. So let's kick off with the million dollar question. For you, what is empathy? What does it mean? I think it comes down to, well, for me personally, it's just a constant reminder that, you know, I don't know everything that's going on in another person's life, right? Like it's so easy to sort of, you know, pass judgment on people and be like, well, I wouldn't do that if I was in that situation. But I just have to sort of always take a step back and say like, well, like, I don't know how they came to this conclusion. I don't know why they're paving this way. I don't know why they sort of come off as a certain uh, disposition. And I just constantly tell myself, you know, I don't have context. And so because of that, it sort of forces me to just be um, a bit more patient and a lot more understanding other people's behaviors as well as their experiences. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I love the fact that you talked about patience there. I was talking to someone else earlier today about the time that empathy needs. And you're absolutely right. It does involve patience, just being comfortable with giving people a little bit of time to understand more about what they're going through and how they see the world. So how did you find empathy? How, what's your empathy journey, Sharon? Tell us a little bit um, about how you got here and how your speech impediment impacted your life and helped you discover this world of empathy. Of course. Yeah. Um, so I've been stuttering ever since I was around three years old. And so, you know, as a result of that, I had sort of developed this communications 
fears and insecurities. And so I had come to this point in my life where I was just so afraid to talk to people. Um, I wasn't putting myself in situations where, you know, I would talk to people. So I wouldn't go to, you know, um, working events. I was avoiding, you know, any sort of like job interview type things. And so um, I knew that I had to overcome this fear. And so I began to pursue public speaking as a way to sort of, you know, not be afraid anymore. And so I thought I would give a couple of talks and then I would be cured and I could move on with my life. Obviously, that's not what happened. (laughs) It never is. is. Yeah. And so um, as a result of giving talks on, you know, stuttering and just communication, a lot of people sort of walked away from my talks feeling that they had a better understanding of what empathy, you know, is. And so um, um, I decided to just do a little bit more research on it. And over time, I sort of tailored all of my talks to be around um, engaging empathy and um, the most impactful empathy behaviors that are going to encourage, you know, more connection, positive communication, and then just increased collaboration. Absolutely. And it's so much the core of of what you and I love, right? I mean, empathy is about being able to communicate, right? It's about being able to hear and hear how other people are experiencing the world or expressing their world. So, you know, what an inspiring journey. And I was reading about you and and some of the things you say, and there there was this thing that you said, which I really enjoyed, which was empathy as a verb is a choice. Just love that, that the differentiation between empathy as a verb and empathy as a noun. Um, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, I talk about this a lot to, to my audiences. Empathy is a choice. It's built into your brain. How do we encourage people to make that choice more often? You know what? Um, it's so funny. Like I talk to people at conferences and stuff and they say things like, well, I wasn't born with this, right? You know, I I don't um, inherently, you know, hit it. So it's harder for me. And I'm like, well, that's true. But, you know, this is a thing that you can can practice over time. People just kind of think about it in terms of either I can or I can't. And I'm like, well, either you are going to try or you are not going to try. And so it's always important to just attempt to, you know, do the right things here. And it's going to be a a little bit of a different experience for different people, right? Like the things that, you know, I'm going to need in order to feel like people are trying to, um, you know, have perspective on on my experiences aren't going to be the same things that another person is going to need. And so I tell people to just turn it into, you know, a thing that you can do a couple of times a day. And as you sort of improve on your practice, it'll just become more like second nature. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, my the last three words of my book, actually, practice creates permanence. We're just touching on, right? Which is that if yeah. the more we practice any skill, but particularly empathy, the more natural that becomes. And I too have met people that say, well, you know, it's not my natural approach. And, you know, maybe I'm just less empathic than you, Mimi. And I always say, no, you know, you choose to, to use that skill to practice it. And of course, listening is is a good step, is a good step towards that. So Sharon, tonight, um, as we speak, you're sitting over there in America. So we're, we're quite a long way away. It's your lunchtime. Yeah. So you're far closer towards breakfast than I am. Um, tell me, the States has had, let's say, a turbulent 
12 to 18 months. Um, it was in, but yes, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna judge uh, from over here, but let's say turbulence. So back in 2006, um, President Obama used the term empathy deficit. And he said back then, he said, you know, lots of people are talking about our federal deficit, but I believe we have an empathy deficit. What do you think, Sharon? Do you think the US and the world has an empathy deficit? And do you think COVID has impacted that? The fact that he said that in 2006 and then everything that's happened over the past 15 years has transpired and we've gotten, you know, even more so divided is just wow. So, yes, like I think that there is um, a very big deficit here because, you know, it's so hard for, you know, people to see the other side, even more so now um, with everything that has gone on politically. And then with uh, the pandemic, you know, we sort of have our views. And, you know, as time has gone on, especially here in the States, we sort of attach, you know, our views and our opinions to our character. And so we view, you know, people who don't agree with us in certain capacities as, oh, they're a bad person. And so I'm going to judge them. And, you know, I have to be completely honest. I have done it too, especially over this past, you know, five or six years. It's been really, really hard for me. And just now sort of coming to the point of like, hey, like, because we don't agree, it doesn't mean you aren't a good person. And so I need to sort of just be more sort of furious and not so judgmental. That's really, really hard. And it's taken me a long time to get here, but thank God I made it. (laughs) It's a destination, right? It's a destination. And you're absolutely right. This is not easy, you know, that especially when you're going through very turbulent times or even just um, the complexities of the world during the pandemic, you know, and uh, how we're all experiencing it so differently. That ability to communicate from a a place of non-judgment is far easier said than done. But of course, empathy is about exactly that, right? Empathy is about being able to understand without agreement or without judgment, which, you know, is as you as we just touched on earlier, something that we can all definitely, all of us can do with some more practice in. Mm-hmm. In your business, you talk a lot about um, empathy and communication. Obviously, that's your, your specialism. So when we're trying to build communication, whether that's across groups of people that maybe don't see the world like we do or have different political stance or just in our organization, but perhaps are doing their jobs differently from we are, what's the connection between improved empathy and improved communication skills? I think that those two things are going to be tied because the way that we speak is going to affect the way that we think. And and then the way that we think is going to, you know, like impact the way that we speak. And so if we, you know, like choose to engage in some empathetic behaviors, then the best way to do that is through our communication. So that's why I say that communicating with empathy is probably the foundation, you know, getting your empathy practice in your day-to-day lives. And so you know, the words we speak and the tone of voice that we use in our body language, all of those things are delivering our message. And either they're going to draw people in or they're going to further away. And so it's so important to, you know, sort of be just cognizant of, you know, all of the ways that we communicate and then take into account the person that we're 
talking to and to, you know, see the things that are going to make them feel more comfortable and more confident having this conversation with you. And so communication is the quickest way to sort of, you know, engage empathy in your day-to-day lives. What I love about what you just said, and I'm not sure if you sort of were super conscious of it, but you were also talking about changing the way that you talk based on your audience. So Mm -hmm. empathizing with those that you want to empathize with, which is something that I've been really discovering recently as well. The more I sort of try to inspire empathy and talk about empathy and that realization that often um, in order to be able to empathize with others, so in order to be able to understand them, you have to first make sure that they can understand you. Um, So so that communication is, is outward as well as coming inward, which you were just talking about then, which I think is you know a lesson for all of us and as you said body language smiling eye contact mm-hmm. all of those parts that make up you know not just what we say but that whole sort of package um, of how you communicate with people and I also read you were talking a little bit about the connection between uh, between this so communication and empathy with culture and community which I just thought was beautiful because we could all do with more connection to our culture and our communities around us tell me a little bit more about some of the things you think in that space? For me, you know, culture um, is going to drive community, right? Like the things that sort of, you know, create communities and build communities are going to be kind of cultures that companies and, you know, teams can create on a day-to-day basis. And so um, to create a really good community, there has to be some sort of commonality, right? Like a bond that sort of brings everybody together. And so for some people, it's that, you know, they all work in the same company or they're all, you know, passionate about the same things. And so, you know, the behaviors that people are going to engage in in those communities are going to build the overall culture, right? I mean, if you think about companies that, you know, have sort of like a bad reputation, that's because the community is complicit in, you know, some people just, you know, doing things that weren't, you know, encouraging inclusion or that weren't, you know, creating a space for uh, diversity to thrive. So, you know, culture and community, you know, can't thrive and can't, you know, be a positive experience for every single person involved if there isn't, you know, some kind of engagement in empathy. Absolutely. And I was just saying um, in a presentation about a week ago, exactly that, which is that surely the core to all diversity and inclusion is empathy. Because if we can't understand the people around us, then how on earth are we going to be inclusive of them? And I, yeah, I mean, I think you and I could probably talk about that uh, for the rest for of the day. <laughs> <laughs> sure. We are, we're actually almost, almost up. But before I ask you my, my last question, Sharon, where can people find out more about you if they want to hear a little bit more after hearing you today? Absolutely. Yeah. So my website is communalog.co. That's C-O-M-M-U-N-I-L-O-T-U-E.co. You heard that correctly. Um, And there I have information on just my company, all of the talks that I give and the facilitations that I do at companies and conferences and all of that good stuff. Um, And then I'm also very active on both 
Twitter, just Sharon Steed, um, as well as LinkedIn, which is also Sharon Steed. Super. Everyone listening today, I definitely recommend you go and check out Sharon over there on all of those platforms. She is incredibly inspiring. And as I said, I and reached out and said, please come and talk to me on the Empress <laughs> Show. So definitely go and check her out. But before we close today, my uh, my sort of killer question, the one that I ask every guest that joins me so that we can understand a little bit more about you this afternoon, um, is if you could share breakfast with any one person, Sharon, who would it be? Where would you go? And what would you be having? So I've actually thought about this. And so I was thinking about two different paths of just like from a personal one of like, I would like to have breakfast with my grandfather because he passed away when I was very young. But I've decided to go more the professional path here just because I would love to sort of pick this person's brain and and just be inspired by just, you know, her story and her experience, because I know that it's been quite a ride. And that is Michelle Obama, you know, being the first black first lady of the United States, I'm sure was a lot of different things. Um, I'm sure that not all of them were good. And so I would love to, you know, just hit some truth serum and say, spill the deets. I want to know it all. And so um, I would like to go to um, our hometown of Chicago, probably a little bistro on the south side. Um, It's called Norms. And so he would go there and um, I would probably have eggs, of course, because it's breakfast. And then maybe some fried green tomatoes because I love them. And then also a couple of cocktails. Again, truth serum so maybe a mimosa or two (laughs) (laughs) why not and you know what I think I would I would happily join you in that location I can just imagine it but I've never had fried green tomatoes so that would well there we go there is a there is an appointment there for the future one day Sharon when I get back stateside after all of this has passed and we can um perhaps one day me and Michelle me and Michelle and some fried green tomatoes Sharon Steed thank you so much for joining me on the Empathy for Breakfast show this has been Sharon and I talking all about empathy and you can find out lots more about her on communalog.co or across all social media platforms Sharon it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for being here thank you again for having me and with that Another episode of the Empathy for Breakfast show comes to a close. I would like to thank IQ Films who produced this episode and DJ Ciel for my soundtrack and music. Do join me online to carry on the conversation. I'm incredibly active on Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter at Mimi Nicklin. I would love to talk to you all more. Meanwhile, spread the word, share the empathy, because after all, the more the world talks about empathy, the more empathy the world will have. I'm Mimi Nicklin. Thank you very much for tuning in. And I look forward to seeing you again on the Empathy for Breakfast show.